Welcome to the Director's Guide Podcast, where we cover everything from directing music videos to filmmaking to video editing. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. Now let the show begin. What's up, visionaries? Welcome to 2023 Vision. If you are watching on YouTube, thank y'all for returning. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you especially because y'all are the real loyal ones. Today we have a special guest in the building. Welcome, Mr. Derry himself, or as we like to call him, Director Derry. Or as you can find him on his social media, uh, all his social medias, uh, Director Derry for the most part. So yeah, what's, what's, what's up, man? What's... Life is up. The sky is up. The sky is up. Yeah. All right, all right. So for I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know who you are because you're not a celebrity or nothing. But in this area, we know who you are. We like your work. We in Houston, I'm pretty sure you got a couple people know who you are. And wherever you travel, just a smidge. Just a smidge. All right. So let let the people know who you are, what you do. Well, my name is Darius Scott. I go by Dairy. Uh, people say Director Dairy. I like to say Dear Dairy. Dear, dear. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, makes sense. I mean, I like to say that, but yeah, um, I'm a cinematic videographer because, you know, cinematographers like to cry about <laughs> video guys calling themselves uh, cinematographers. But oh, yeah. I mean, I go by all of that because <laughs> we do all we do. We everything. do all of that, yeah. even when it comes to lighting and setting stuff up. And sometimes I'm not always, always, always behind the camera, but, you know. But um, other than that, I'm from Austin. Uh, I was born in Amarillo, Texas, the panhandle where it snows in Texas, what I like to say. Um, I moved to Austin when I was probably three. Stayed there till I was 18, 18, moved down to Beaumont to go to Lamar University in 2010, graduated from Lamar in 2015. And yeah, I've been doing photography and video ever since 2011 when my now fiance then my so, girlfriend so you speak it's a good seven years seven eight years yeah going yeah. on so first of all before we even get into the video photo stuff why lamar if you from austin i always like to know why people come to beaumont well i'm a big ut fan so i wanted to go to ut but i also wanted to leave so okay. like i would say like most people when they're selecting colleges, you only go by like kind of what you hear. So Lamar used to be lit back in the day. So yeah, <laughs> people can, uh, people imagine. always used to talk about, oh yeah, I go to Lamar and I never knew where it was at. So uh, high school, right before I graduated, um, I really wasn't planning on going to school. I was like, I don't want to go to school no more. I literally thought I had, like I thought I was going to go to the NBA. Like oh, I know it don't look like it. I used to I used yeah. to be I was a hooper, bro. <laughs> so, but I mean like during uh like as the end of my senior year was approaching and stuff like I knew I wasn't about to be playing basketball, but I didn't know what I was going to do. One of the girls I was talking to at the time, she had a, a a Lamar bag. And I was like, "Where is Lamar at?" She was like, "Beaumont." I was like, "That sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere." So, that same night I just applied to Sam Houston and Lamar. I'm the only schools I applied <laughs> to. And I got accepted into both. I was gonna go to Sam Houston and they put me on academic probation before I even started. And, and that's how I ended up in Beaumont. <laughs> well, hey, 
I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I was like, bro, I got, I gotta leave. I, I don't wanna, like, I don't wanna be here and like be that one old dude. Like, I wanna go off and then come back yeah, and be come like, back and be, be the cool guy. Eventually, I started talking to my now fiance, and uh, she was taking a photography class, and she took Uh-oh. that classic shot of some railroad tracks. So whack now, <laughs> looking at it. But I thought this photo was the liveest picture ever, and I was like, yo, I gotta do that. I was like. I got a camera in the drawer, no charger. So I'm like, yo, take me to uh, Walmart. So my uh, my roommate took me to Walmart, got me a little charger for it. And then I was like, I'm charging everybody $2 photo shoot. You can, you can get all the pictures. So after that, I started, I started taking the, uh, I only did like two people and my roommate and one of his friends. And after that, I was just like, yo, this stuff is pretty dope. So that was the photography end. But that was my spring semester. Fall semester, I started making videos and that. So okay. before I left high school, I still had that camera, so I was just recording stuff throughout high school. Basically vlogging before I knew what it was. Okay. So in the uh, dorm room, since I wasn't like really playing basketball, I would work out, go to the dining hall, and then go back to my room. And I'm just playing with the footage on Windows Movie Maker. I'm just putting everything together, Classic. making horrible trailers, on my YouTube to this day, if you go back further, far enough in my videos, you will see me on my dorm bed acting like, like acting out the Titanic. Wow. <laughs> and hey, that's whatever yeah, it takes. Yeah, I was uh, putting myself in that video mode, but I still wasn't like on YouTube looking up tutorials or nothing like that. And yeah, so the video came and then the photography aspect came after that. And I kind of stuck with photography for a minute just because I never really had a video camera after the uh, the little point after the point and shoot. Cause I ended up taking it to the beach cause my fiance is from uh, Galveston. So I took it to the beach, it got sand in it so it wouldn't work anymore. That, oh, got, that, that hurt my feelings. I was gonna <laughs> land on the bed like, bro, my camera bro. Like I don't know. <laughs> but see if, if y'all pay attention, it it show you that everybody starts somewhere. Cause this man started with a point and shoot. I actually started with a, a point and shoot too. I know the name. It was a Casio Exlum thing, and the biggest thing they had on it was like, you can go straight to YouTube or something like that. Like, yeah. put the SD card in the computer and upload it to YouTube. That was their selling point on it. But remember, I didn't buy it. My homeboy True. stole you, this you, you and was like, it. "Happy birthday!" And I was well, like, "Oh, appreciate. It. I got me a camera." But hey, look where you at now. Yeah, now. So speaking of where you at now, what would you say people know you for the most? I guess, or hire you for the most? Uh, they hire me for my wedding videos the most now. Before it was photography, and then I started making cool wedding videos. <laughs> <laughs> because okay, of course I'm gonna have the video on the screen or whatever, showing examples or whatnot. Yeah. But what video, if you can remember, what video or videos do you think kind of kick stuff off to where it was like, okay, you did this and now it's like people really starting to pay attention to your work? Um, 2014. So four years after you started, three or uh-huh. four years after you start. 2014, I have, in that four years, I had really kind of started doing photography. I started working at a photo studio and all of that. So like I had clients who would hire me just for uh, photography. So I was doing that, but 2014, my fiance's friend hired me for one of her friend's weddings. 
and it was actually a guy who I used to go to his games. He played at UT while I was still in high school. So I was like, yo, I know who that is. His name is AJ Abrams. He's a realtor now. But I was like, yo, yeah, 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 for sure. I'm gonna shoot that wedding. I'm like, $500. I thought that was gonna be, I thought that was like super high. I'm like, yeah, $500. And they, they paid it. But I mean, I did that uh, wedding and I kind of had the pressure on me just because it was my fiance friend. Mm -hmm. And this was like somebody who like I was kind of, yeah, I was a fan a of. Bit, and yeah. I was like, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta really do something. So like, I, I have this great love of cinema, period. So literally I listen to all kinds of music and one of the biggest things is classical orchestral music. So that's kind of how like I kind of got into that with their uh, wedding video. Like before, I had made certain wedding videos before and I would kind of use like corny music. It'd be like mm. ding, 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 like kind of really upbeat in the beginning. <laughs> and I would just basically use a song from the reception that I heard at the reception. And for like their wedding, I kind of went more classical. And for their wedding, like I really put some work into it. Like I was emailing uh, certain guys and like, yo, like I like this. Do you think you can make such and such for me? And I kind of made some relationships that way. So you was making sure people saw it because you put the work, you knew you put the work in. So you well, was. Oh, yeah. Well, when I put, like, when I uh, did it, they uh, they got, like, a DVD and everything. So, like, I did the menus and everything for that. Uh, just because, yeah, I went all in on it. But, like, I would say the thing I'm most proud of is, like, establishing the connection with the composers that I used for the first half of the video. The composers, as in for yeah, the music, yeah, the people who made the music at at the at the beginning. So you reached out to the, you found the music somewhere. So I had you, the songs I had made before. I was like, I like these, but they're not what I need. So I emailed the people from like the little site that had their emails. I contacted mm -hmm. them like, Yo, I'm looking for some a lot more slower, cinematic. Can okay. you send me some stuff and we can do a price? It was like fifteen dollars on Audio Jungle that. They were doing it for and i was like if it got to be more then it got to be more and yeah and you just established that connection yep. how, how how have you how did you end up using that connection to further you later if, if, hey if bro anything. check out check out the video that i uh the final video that i used for it they like yo that's dope i like that i like that let's keep working man let's uh let's keep doing some stuff i got another way and i'm thinking about this kind of vibe for it here's some of the voiceover that i recorded for it mm -hmm. and yeah Okay, so just leverage that audio connection just to get that good. Yeah, I mean, like, sense. they they gave me their price, I paid the price, and then after that, you know, it was like, here's the final thing. Do you like like how I use your your art? And uh -huh. yeah, they and like, they may promote your art. Yeah, they was like, the okay, cool. Like now they're more willing to work with me. That so, too. Yeah, and you got your own like custom go-to yeah. people for audio. Yeah, so now it's not like uh. A cookie cutter, like I bought this, and now I can go on YouTube and find thirty other videos that same music. Yeah. Now it's like, oh yeah, you ain't gonna find that nowhere. Man, that's 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 actually pretty dope. And yeah, <laughs> that's actually pretty dope. When I look at your work, for some reason, you may not see it because it's yours, and you've been doing it so long, you may think otherwise. But when I look at it, and I'm pretty sure what other people look at, I know Rakeem for sure. Uh, Rakeem, my business partner, we look at it, and we just go like, what is he doing? So, how do you feel your work compares to the people 
you look up to? And I guess before you answer, who do you kind of look up to? Alpha male visuals. He's a person okay, okay, who yeah. like I really look up to because he's like me. And like I'm a communications major. Well, I was a communications major, so people like people who are like them. So like mm -hmm. in his YouTube stories, like I can see him going through certain things, like how he's like editing certain things. I'm just like, I listen to music sometimes it. too yeah. when I'm <laughs> when I'm doing this. Um I'm more into the wedding side mm -hmm. of things. So like I see a lot of wedding videos, but like I don't really be knowing who the people are. Well yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what's something you've seen and you like immediately said, I gotta do that? Titanic, um, roses on the boat, getting lowered down and she's looking up at uh Jack and her fiance and you got the fireworks going off in the back. And like it's the lighting isn't just still like I'm like, did they really like set off fireworks to light her as well? Cause like mm -hmm. she's lit beautifully. It's kind of flat, but you can see like, okay. The flash is a little it's light flashing and then they show the shot of them and it's just pop pop and you have that uh Celine Dion in the background that doo -doo -doo -doo, and it's just like an emotional thing. I'm like, yo, that is like that's beautiful right there. So like, you really looking at the finding the beauty in these movie scenes. Like I think that's um, what yeah. I think when when we set up shots, it's like you want it to be beautiful. You want it to, you want to mm -hmm. see it in a way that you wouldn't normally look at it. Like mm -hmm. normally like the door behind you, just looking at that door, you'd be like, oh, I can't really find anything interesting, but I mean you can make it philosophical, like that's really what I like about photography and video and cinema is creating something. Like you something can take that, something that wasn't and make, there or yeah, you can just, make something. Like you uh -huh. can fake it. Like yeah, that wasn't even in the same moment. Like in that first wedding video that I did, there's a shot of the groom and he look like he looks up and he like does that. And the way I cut it, it looked like he was doing that when his bride was walking yeah. down. But really, his mom thing. was calling his name. He's like, what? <laughs> and um, like I got questions on Instagram, people asking like, yo, those reaction shots and stuff, like do you plan those? And I'm like, no, I just be recording and I'll be like, okay, let's put this here. This will have a greater emotional impact. Exactly, because not only do you have to tell the story when you shoot, you got to tell the story in the edit. Yeah. Because you will be surprised how many people actually struggle with telling the story, whether it's a music video, a wedding, whatever, whatever, because mm -hmm. if you, if you shoot something, you know what you shot. So if you really think about it, like what order can I put this in to make this, to make the emotional impact, like you said, yeah. larger. So if, if y'all think about that, then, you know, your, your work will come out just that much better. Yeah, but there's a psychology to the shots that you choose. Mm -hmm. So like, sometimes like if I'm pushing in, I'm pushing in for a reason for the most part. Like, it might, I might not have like the edit together in my head, uh -huh. but I'm pushing in for a reason. So I know that if I'm pulling back, you kind of feel that I'm revealing something. Mm -hmm. And if I'm pushing in, I'm bringing you Focus, into a situation. Yeah, going into. Yeah, so if yeah. I'm going from, uh, I always tell people that you really want to cover whatever it is 
And it's just like this in cinemas. That's like that's why I kind of like kind of laugh at the uh, cinematography videography thing mm -hmm. because you're basically doing the same thing with cinema and video. You want to tell the story of whatever is happening, so you want to start wide. You know, well, you don't have to start wide, but you want to get a wide. You want to get a little bit closer. You yeah. want to get a little bit closer. You want to get a little bit closer, depending on what you need. So, like my push-in shot of a groom and his best man in front of a window. You got yeah. that silhouette. I'm pushing into him. I'm oh. bringing you into this situation. What's the next shot gonna be? I'm gonna show you what they doing. They doing the tie. That's gonna be a, maybe a tight shot of just the tie. And then I'll show you a wider shot of them smiling and laughing and dapping each other up after that. Like it's mm -hmm. kind of like a psychology to what I'm thinking. So for that shot where they're, uh, that, uh, that initial shot showing both of them, I'm not gonna pull back on that shot because it just doesn't make, it doesn't feel right. But if I'm pushing in on it, then you, you'll be like, you'll, okay. You'll be in the moment. Yeah, but if I pull it. back and then use that same sequence, if I cut to a closer shot, you'll be like, yeah. And then yeah. another thing to do is if you don't know in the moment, do both. Yeah, so do I both. do do both. So I'll be like, boom, boom, because I might exactly. need the back. I might just start from the thing and work my way out. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, it, ma it makes a whole lot of yeah, sense. You have these... So you kind of got into your thought process behind shots, but overall, when you're walking into a shoot, and let's say, okay, first of all, do you most often storyboard or script or, or write treatments for, for stuff? Uh... Weddings, probably not, but. Absolutely. Slightly, slightly, even for weddings. Um, for music videos, depending on the package, definitely. Uh, even if it's like a package there where you don't have like a story or you don't get a storyboard, mm -hmm. per se, I'll have like shots that I definitely want to do. I always say uh, preparation is your key to success. Yeah. Like once you get Big there, time. if you know a shot that you're going to get or a couple of shots that you're going to get, then I feel like you'll be good versus you getting there and then having to waste Coming time and stuff, figuring yeah. that stuff out. Then like if you get there and you still have to do that, it wasn't like, you know, you just got kind of blindsided, but you didn't get there unprepared. Exactly. Because a, a shot always leads to a, another shot or another idea. Mm -hmm. So if you come prepared, you have that, you don't waste time, like you said. Yeah. You come straight in, you get the shot, and while you're getting it, you may just, ooh, get that, boom. Exactly. Instead and I, of, I normally have a lot of those, ooh, let's do that. And it normally comes from the couple or like the person. Like they'll be doing something, I'll be like, stay right there. Exactly. I want you to do this same thing. I want you to kind of do it like this. Yeah, yeah, that's and how that's, it goes. That is the, I find myself doing that too. You, you see it, you be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, do that again. They'll be like, do what? When you did the, the whatever you yeah. did, do it again. So yeah, that. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I know a lot of people like to, they'll kind of get set in their ways. Like if they do storyboard, like, no, we got to stick to it just like this. Yeah, and they you, kind they won't, really can't. they won't allow the talent to kind of input their mm -hmm. selves into it. So like when they come to music videos and they're like, I was thinking about doing something like this. I'll listen to them and I'll be like, okay, so for what we've shot, what we need to shot, this won't fit into the story or I can, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to use that <laughs> for the edit yeah. just because I know how much time we got to go in here, but I'll listen to them. 
And I'd be like, okay, we might be able to do that. Yeah. It's but never if we got time, then I'll do it. Never a bad idea. Yeah. But sometimes if, you just can't can't carry out with it. If we got time, I'll do it just to ease their mind. They'll be like, yo, mm-hmm. you know, making yeah. people feel comfortable. I know the people want to know because seeing your work, they gonna ask, what tools are you using? What's your cameras, lenses, whatever, just to ease their mind. I'm using. Blackmagic cinema cameras, uh, the Ursa Mini Pro, normally that would be on a tripod, just because mm-hmm. it's big. I don't have a big enough gimbal it's for that, but it came in the package, so it comes with the micro cinema camera that look like a tennis ball. So if you see like my Instagram stories, mainly you'll see the lens, and people will be like, well, what camera are you shooting on? Because all I see is the lens. and Yes, yeah, <laughs> it'll be the lens. Uh, lenses. I love my kit lens, my Nikon kit lens, eighteen to one hundred five f three five. When I'm using it on the Blackmagic, uh, I have the Metabone Speed Booster, so that probably opens it to like a two eight or something like uh, that. Yeah. But I mean, when I zoom, it doesn't stay at two eight or whatever, yeah, it, it, it <laughs> so it closes it down. Yeah. But I love that, so I don't mind shooting the f four. Like I, I've come. F- Far enough along to where I realized that I don't have to shoot everything at 2.8 and things like that, or mm-hmm. 1.8. So F4, if I'm zoomed in, I already have that compression that I need. I don't need it to be, I don't need it to look like a wall. I don't need everything to kind of blur together. You know what I mean? So yeah, I love that lens. For weddings, I normally use my 16 to 28 um, Tokina lens. Um, I think you can get it for like $500 now. I think I got it when it was like $700 though. That kind of makes me sad. But I'll use that, it's a 2.8, so when you zoom from 16 to 28, you have that constant aperture, which you really need for weddings just because a lot of wedding venues and things are dark. Yeah. So it's like, if I want to get a detail of the shoes, I don't feel like switching my lens and then rebalancing my gimbal or whatever. Just for a small yeah. set. So that's, uh, that's that camera. I normally keep that on the gimbal. Uh, when it's time for like ceremonies and other things when I'm using a monopod, I use my Nikon D7000, my D3200, and my D3400, all crop body cameras. Um, and yeah, I use my prime lenses. So those will open up to 1.8 and 2.8 and things like that. And so those are cameras you just kind of built up over the years? And yeah, those them. are the ones that I went with. My first DSLR was a D3000. I ended up selling that one. And yeah, but all of these shoot video. That D three thousand didn't shoot video. So why Nikon? Because a lot just of just because it was the first one. Just because, and you just stuck with it. Yeah, I got my D three thousand. Literally, it was the last one that Best Buy had in Port Arthur. <laughs> uh, my fiance literally spent the last of her refund to give me that camera. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey. So do you do you even have a a bias? Like Nikon over Canon or Sony or Panasonic or anything like Slightly. that? Slightly. I mean, I'm used to working with Nikon footage when it comes to... I mean, okay, I would say I love working with Blackmagic footage uh, because of just the dynamic range. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... It comes out of the camera just looking crisp. If I... If yeah. I net, like, I mean... When we're shooting flat and log on certain things, like when you put the footage onto your computer, you can see that you need to add sharpness. Mm-hmm. When you do that, 
with the black magic footage or this cinema footage. Like, I mean, I have clips that I've shot on reds and stuff, and it's the same thing. You drop it in there and it's like, this shit looks good. I don't even need to add sharpening. Exactly. <laughs> so when I add sharpening to it, people will be like, yo, your video is crisp. And I'm like, I didn't need to add that sharpening, <laughs> but I added a little, I sprinkled add some sharpening on there. Yeah, but Nikon and Canon, those are the other two brands that I shoot with. And yeah, uh, I would say Canon has a lot more contrast when it comes to like adding stuff back in. The uh, saturation doesn't go as low as the Nikons would go. Um, but I mean, there's advantage, pros and cons to both of them. But yeah, I would say I'm, since I shoot, when I do photography, I'm using my Nikon cameras. So I have more glass built up for Nikon for than Nikon I do yeah. for Canon. So the Canon on the 60D and stuff, we'll use that. And I mean, it's cool. I can pretty much match it to a certain extent, but I would say Nike, I mean, Canon has a a more contrasty, harder look than the Nikon. And yeah. yeah. So what, if somebody asks you, hey bro, what camera should I get? What would you recommend or what, couple of options would you recommend that they get? I recommend they get whatever they can afford because I mean it don't even matter right now. True. Like I just True. went and bought a D3400 and Nikon D3400 that costs $400 and I love that camera. I shot a whole wedding with that camera and people were looking at that like yo this is so crisp. I'm like that's not my black magic footage at all. It's Literally D3400. it's just the D3400. I think I have a friend that has the D3, I forgot which Nikon he has, but he, it, I don't know what it is. He just struggles to get what he can, he, I know he can get with that camera. Yeah. So it's just, I guess it's just environments and, and situations. And I mean, just, it, it comes down to, to certain things. Like, I mean, before you got to work with what you got. Mm -hmm. So you got that, if you got a T2i, if it shoot video, like at, at 720, mm -hmm then finesse that thing at 720. Exactly. Like I still shoot 720 today. People don't even know that. Like yeah, I will put 720 footage with my black magic footage. Exactly. It looks all nothing about... like my black magic. <laughs> you can see the quality difference, but when you watching it and you kind of involved in the story of what's going on, then you're like, okay. You and what like, I, yeah. That's dope. What I like to tell people is like now we're moving into the 4K space. So now you have 4K TVs really popping off. Now the Blu-rays are moving to 4K. Those are the black cases if you haven't seen those. <laughs> so I really haven't, but yeah, yeah, like now you're getting the 4K Ultra Blu-rays that are coming out for the movies and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Versus those the, blue cases, the black that just, case yeah. on the movies. Okay. Yeah. So now we're moving into a space where 4K is being more accepted and more accepted. But when people are looking at media they're normally consuming it on their phone exactly and they're not looking at it in hd they're looking at it in 480p <laughs> that, that is that is pretty true and like yeah. even even if it's even if it's just a 720 video and they're looking at it on their phone it's size down mm -hmm. as compared to looking at it on a desktop where you can see everything or a tv everybody's looking right here so you can have imperfections on your video and you put it on that phone, it's like, oh, that's cool. And that goes for stabilization and anything. You mm -hmm. can have a clip that's not 
super shaky, but it's not stabilized. You looking at it on the phone, you like, you notice it because you shot it. You know where the imperfections are. Mm-hmm. But looking at it with fresh eyes, they like, oh, people yeah. don't even pay attention to yeah, it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So I always keep that in mind. Like, you're really making this stuff for the phone. Like, people mm-hmm. aren't really consuming their media on a TV and on desktop computers like that. But you do got to watch it, though. Because you can get caught slipping on the TV. You can get you caught can slipping. Get caught now, slipping. I have had clients yeah. that be like, oh, I watched all your stuff on the TV. I was like, you watch all of it on the TV? <laughs> Don't watch all of it on the TV. But, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I would say as you're growing, most people are not watching it on the TV. Like, you yeah. can put it on the TV to see it, but uh, everything changes from platform to platform. Like, if you have an iPhone, normally I can text you your video, depending on how long it is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll... The quality will come all the way through. If you yeah, have an Android, if yeah, I text yeah, you, Android, that ain't they gonna be like, "Why is it blurry?" and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, your video could be super crisp on your desktop, and you put it on a TV, and you like, "This looks horrible." Exactly. <laughs> Things yeah. like that. So I have one of those TVs with the little frame rates that makes it look ultra real. I never watch my videos on that TV. Oh, it, no. yeah, the, yeah. My videos look trash, and I'm like, "Why can't my videos look like?" you know, movies that I actually see and, you know, it's just things like that. I'm not even going to lie to you. We shot a video and it had some noise in it Mm -hmm. or whatever. And on the computer, I noticed it on the phone it's good. And but when they when they premiered it, like they had a whole album release party, that particular artist and they premiered it and they read on the TV. I was like, oh, don't do it to me, bro. Don't do it to me. That is a con of black magic. when it gets to the reception, I'm using DSLRs because the denoising is beautiful. Blackmagic has this noise pattern where it's not, was it spectacle noise? It's not like dots everywhere. It's lines. Lines, oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, them lines, you'll be like, what is going on with the footage? And there's a way to take it out, but like you got to like use blending modes and like record like really a like a plate basically you know how like when you like use a denoiser it'll take a sample of the photo like Mm -hmm. of the frame that you're trying to denoise and then kind of spread that across that clip it'll like it's something like that like you have to like put the lens cap on it and just record straight black with those little noise lines and then put it on there there so so that's that but I mean, that's when you can see that on the desktop and on the uh, on the TVs for real. But on the phone, you don't notice that at all. But I kind of figured a work around that with editing. So I was like, you know, if you're in dark environments, don't really don't really add contrast to it. So now when I'm in dark environments, I even on my DSLRs, I take my contrast down and I actually lower my blacks. Mm-hmm. So like go negative 15 on the contrast and then bring my blacks down and that'll help you with the noise and editing and stuff. So all oh, of this comes from mad. come from experience. experience. Yeah. <laughs> if you missed the whole point of this whole conversation, it's start with what you got. Get the experience because the experience will teach you more than we could even teach you. Yeah, it'll teach you how to use your gear. Like exactly. you gotta max out on your gear. Exactly, because trying you you won't believe what you'll get from trying stuff. Mm-hmm. Just just hmm, I wonder if I do this, and, and then next thing you know, that's your habit and that's your style. Yeah, for a minute, I mean, I recently just got a tripod with feet. 
So before I actually use my foot, I would put my tripod. I got a $15 tripod from Walmart that I literally used for four years with the black magic and everything. I just put it on there and I would just like kind of have the little spike in my shoe and I would just hold it and stabilize anything that wasn't like super shaky. Um, yeah, but like I used to have shots where I would literally just kind of move my body. Yeah, with exactly. the camera. I'm just like, okay, exactly. I'm gonna do this. Add the warp stabilizer on there. It's gonna take care of it. The wider I am, the better I am with the stabilization versus having like a 50 millimeter lens yeah, on and yeah. kind of doing this stuff. So I even started with a PVC pipe shoulder rig, like a built it. It had a 2.5 pound weight on the back. And the camera was sitting right here in my face, so you couldn't even see me while we shoot. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, man. You gotta you just gotta do it. You gotta you go gotta for get it. it done. So let's get to some meat and potatoes. What's up? What's up? Of course, I follow you in multiple places on the internet: Instagram, Facebook, whatever, whatever, YouTube, even. Mm -hmm. And you're always booked and busy. When I tell y'all this man is booked and busy, if look, what's the secret, man? What are you doing? Because a lot of people out here they like man, I can't get I can't get clients. I can't get this and that. Like, how do you stay so busy or stay so booked at for hire all the time? Um, one, you got to put yourself out there. You got to post. The more you post, the more people see. They see you doing that. Mm -hmm. Like I be posting stuff when I'm not even doing a job. Like literally, you'll see me doing the proofing for like some graduation pictures I took. And that's letting people know, yeah, he takes graduation photos. So they're seeing all of this stuff that you posting. That's like social it, media. Yeah, that's a, a fresh person just coming to your page. And they like, yo, you know somebody who shoot graduation pictures or something like that? And they like, your name might come up. They're not just looking at you. They gonna go look for they, they cousin who uh, do photos, uh -huh. they other cousin who do photos and videos. And they seeing all of this stuff, and when they pull up your Instagram or whatever, and they see that little circle on there, say, "Let me look at look at his story and see what's on there." They might not see nothing all the time, but you know, when they going down your page, if they seeing that you still posting stuff, like I don't post everything to my page. I normally post to my story more. So, um, and that's the beauty of Instagram now, by yeah. the way. You can post less on your feed and more yeah. on your story. So I can put stuff safe. that I really want people to see on my feed and mm -hmm. stuff that go in 24 hours on my story. And yeah, like I'm I'm posting. You gotta post and let people know that you out here doing stuff. So would you say most of your, your clientele work comes from like referral or just people randomly finding you? Referral and randomly finding me. Uh, I've shot weddings in the Baltimore DC area. They just found me on YouTube just looking they see one of my videos on there um a lot of people if you shoot a wedding a lot of people what i found is a lot of people in the wedding party are possibly getting married yeah and they'll be like um you know they'll get your info from the bride or the groom once they see that video they're like oh yeah, yeah but a lot i mean that can be tricky because sometimes they'll be like they'll feel like you'll give them the same video so they won't hire you. I've had some some things like that happen. Um, but yeah, I would say they're like word of mouth and literally just Instagram. Like, And since I've started posting a lot to Instagram, 
uh, I've had numerous emails saying, I seen your video on Instagram, I seen this on Instagram, hey, I follow so you on Instagram. You just, any any tricks like hashtag tricks or, or just, just uh Yeah, it? when I post to my, uh, when I post to my feed, I will use hashtags. Uh, but I don't know, I, I started using them, but I'm not sure how effective they are because I also promote it with it. So like, oh, so you yeah. sponsoring the yeah, post? Yeah, I'll sponsor the post. I put ten dollars on there, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to uh, to get some views on it um, and let people see it. So like, recently, uh, I shot a wedding. I always tag the location that I shot the wedding at. Somebody seen it was like, "Hey, I'm getting married at the same same place." I seen this on Instagram. Can you send me your rates? And it was just like that. And I want to let people know, don't get discouraged when people ask you for your rates and then you don't hear anything from them. Because literally, I've been booked this whole month, but in May, I wasn't booked. Like, I didn't have anything for July. So you took what, was, what you knew was working, social media, mainly Instagram, you kind of Facebook, and you just optimized it, promoting posts, a little bit of hashtags, and all of that good stuff right there. Look, you got to fake it till you make it, man. True. Like, true. uh... If it's just you, then you say we. Yeah. <laughs> I learned it. Uh, yeah, we, we, we charge uh, this much and uh, yeah. Yeah, let me see you our pricing and things exactly. like that. Um, what, what else did I want to say? I want to say, um, yeah, like sometimes post, um, you can post from like a music video shoot, right? Like the mm -hmm. day of. Most of the time, like I'm trying to post throughout the day, but I be forgetting. Uh -huh. So but, so I have somebody else, I'll be like, yo, send me those videos that you was like recording and stuff. And like, you can post those throughout the week exactly. or the next day or something like that. Like you always want to look like you busy. And then, I mean, to other clients or potential clients that'll say. Yeah, he no. working. He, yeah, he's like doing. people are hiring him. Let me go ahead and exactly. do that. And then, you know, the lie actually becomes real. <laughs> so, <laughs> What do you feel is the biggest difference from how things are, like just the industry, film industry in general, or photography industry, when you started versus now? Like, what's different from how you got into it versus how you think people getting into it now? Well, when I got into it, everybody else who's in it now were getting into it as well. So like you had like the people, a lot of people, the people who a lot of people look up to. So I would say like, you had like your creative runs and YC images and all of those, like those people were getting into it then too. So you had this big boom of people like, you know, really having these Canon T3Is and things. Cause that was like uh -huh. that go-to video yeah, camera. That was even so, I had the T3I. Yeah, so you yeah. had all of these people getting these cameras and I think that's when the manufacturers was like, okay, people are really like doing this stuff now. and. uh now you have all of, I would say, this first class of people who are in here and like actually going and like making a living for themselves. And you have all of these other people who are still coming into it. But now you have, well, when we were coming into it, a lot of things weren't like here yet. Accessible. So, you know, we had yeah. glide cams like. I remember getting a glide cam was just the thing to do, but it was like, dang, that thing, $500? I don't know like how I'm gonna get $500 <laughs> to get a glide cam. 
But now for that five hundred dollars, you don't even have to have that learning curve for a glide cam. You can go, so, you can go get a handheld you, stabilizer. Yeah, you can get a handheld for three hundred dollars or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so you have things like you have a lot more things available to you now than then, back then. and a lot more information just because a lot of people started YouTube channels and like doing like putting out information versus then it was like okay we're all just trying to do this stuff exactly because you got your yeah. wasi image creator right even us yeah and then even you got even a project me, I'm coming. what you now. what you working on what i'm working it? on prometheus prometheus is my uh free gift to the world just because prometheus stole fire from the gods of mount olympus and then gave it to man so okay, okay. I don't want to sound like I'm just like, I'm about to give y'all the keys, but I'm going to give you key things that you can actually use. So like a lot of people put LUTs, LUT packs together and then you be like, eh, this LUT is trash or the uh, those sound effects together and the sound effects don't really like you can't really use them. Like they corny or something like that. Yeah. You want some fight sound effects. They like psh, 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 like really whack. So. I'm gonna give you quality on it. Exactly. So like okay. you're gonna have photography tutorials, video uh, tutorials on how to shoot certain things. So those video tutorials are really gonna come in like bundled with like editing. So like how to do like vertigo or something like that. And mm -hmm. kind of getting those kind of effects and yeah, like So where are you going with it? You go on YouTube or are you going Well like is this something that people will invest in or is something that no like, they can i'm gonna upload it to my media fire and they can just go download the whole thing just because it has those things that you can actually use so it's not just tutorials okay, okay. so i mean <clears throat> since it's free i mean i could just go to youtube with it i was just thinking give that uh, links in the description to yeah. download the tutorial and the stuff yeah maybe. just the whole whole thing so mm -hmm. So, okay, okay. So Prometheus <coughs> is just the whole thing as a just one. Yeah. And then you have the individual. The Prometheus pieces. is the thing to help you out. Okay. Yeah. Especially if you just starting out, like I think like, you know, you still learning color. You can drop my Dairy Lou LUT. That's my favorite <laughs> LUT. That's why I call it Dairy Lou. Uh I put it on everything. I'm talking about black magic. Canon Nikon, I drop it on there and just adjust the intensity. Yeah. Okay. So you got me curious. So last question before we shut it down, before we oh before before we even move on, where can they where can they follow you on Instagram, whatever, so they can look out for that information. On Instagram, um, dear Dairy or direct Dairy D I R D E R R Y. Facebook, you can go to Nightfall Motion Pictures. Um, and for photography on Facebook is Darius Scott Photography, and my website is DariusScottPhotography.com. So are, is, will the Prometheus stuff, if it's on YouTube, will it be on your Nightfall YouTube? Yeah. So Nightfall Motion Pictures on yeah. YouTube too? All right, cool, cool. So y'all go get that when they, well, look out for the information for when it drops. So since you mentioned, you mentioned color, what is your thought process when it comes to color? Because personally, I, I like it. I like it. I like what you do. It's like I said, like I told you earlier, it's simple but effective. It's like, it's simple enough to where you didn't overdo it or nothing, mm -hmm. but it's definitely noticeable like that's that's color. He didn't shoot it like that. So what is your thought process behind your color? Uh, 
make it look good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> try not to have my oranges too orange if they don't need to be. Like, not. I don't really want a color too strong if it doesn't need to be too strong. Mm-hmm. Normally, I'm shooting black people because I'm black. <laughs> so most of my clients are black. So one thing that we struggle with is having an over, overly orange person yeah. during doing certain things, especially if we want a warmer shot, then we're just too orange. So that's one of the things I try not to make uh, people too orange. Um, I would say I think my coloring is more dramatic uh not as far as like the colors are dramatic but it's more of like uh almost a muted type of color it's not yeah yeah they're not oversaturated so it's kind of like a drama film or something like that like you can tell a comedy will have saturated greens and blue skies right yeah and just comical yeah and i would say my stuff is a lot more dark with kind of muted colors. So you kind of, you start knowing that that's your style, that's what you're gonna stick yeah, with? Yeah, I think that's kind of, well, I just know how I would like to see it. Like, I've tried to go the other way and I'm like, ah, I can't get with it, so yeah. Yeah, because it, it can be kind of hard to break a habit or mm-hmm. just whatever you do, it's kind of hard to break that. So do you do you ever think about, do you go about trying different styles just to break, which, break away from the norm? Yeah, I've tried the the orange and teal look. I've tried to actively do it, and it never works out for me. (laughs) I can't can't do it. My orange and teal looks horrible on my photos. It's got to be a look. It's got to be. I can do it with photos a little. I can get it with photos, Yeah, I can. Because you can dial in that color more than the real. It doesn't look like how... No, you see some people's stuff look. I'm like, Like, I don't see how they do that. But, hey, I would say my thought process on a lot of things with editing is it shouldn't be that hard after. Like, you shouldn't have to put that much work into it after. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm shooting something, if I know I don't have any, like, uh, little gray card or white walls that I can, like, kind of fix my color balance with, my color temperature with, then I'll really try to put that into the camera to get yeah. it as normal as possible. Then I can do all of that other stuff later but i want i want to try to get it to like okay this is a normal natural looking photo because if i want to make if i make everything too like i say if i gel a light wrong and then when i get back in the edit and it's, it's like, hard to fix yeah. it's like oh my god now i gotta mask this around here and try to change that i'm like i don't feel like doing that you gotta yeah. rotoscope people because they're gonna move in front of the light and stuff like that so yeah, that that is a rule of thumb to like you want to get everything right in camera. Mm-hmm. Even if you're trying to do an effect, if you can do an effect in camera, I would say do that effect in yeah. camera. Yeah. Outside well, of waiting. To and that post. comes with the, the preparation and planning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it comes to effects and stuff like that, if you want to like take out somebody's eyes, like I know a big thing is like the little doodling uh-huh. or like music videos and stuff like that. Say you want to have like a person like, Oh yeah, that'd be cool. They have a baseball line and they just like happen to do something like that. Like you kind of want to plan that out. Like, okay, I'm going to draw this thing. So when you do the little baseball thing in there, like try to give me an actual swing and like I'll draw the little bat hitting the ball out and something like that. 
So it's, yeah. it's all about that preparation, yeah. that communication, because you need to let them know what you're doing. Yeah. And even communication as far as getting their ideas up front, whether it's a wedding client, music video client, whatever, whatever. Now, if they tell you they don't want to do it, then... Yeah, hey, I mean, hey, they paying for it. Yeah, you got those people who don't want to uh, do stuff, and you just be like, "All right, right it's your video." Yeah, I could have. That's how I told me it's your video, it's your world, boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, one more time. Where can they? Where can the people follow you and just keep up with what you, you can doing? Follow me on Instagram at Director Derry D I R dot D E R R Y. Hit the follow. My page is not private. I'm not nope, thirsty nope. for followers. So you can <laughs> hit that. And most of the time, I'll follow you back if I like your page. <laughs> and there you uh, go. Facebook, Nightfall Motion Pictures, and Darius Scott Photography. And my website is DarienScottPhotography.com. Right, cool. And he is in the Visionaries Facebook group. If y'all want to know, he does post in there, too. I am. So, I am. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see that you actually... Actually, post. I, was, I added you, Trill, uh, Richard. Oh, I wonder if they're going to interact. And then you start posting, I was like, yes. You yes. think I would interact, man? Yeah, but all right. Just appreciate you, man. Appreciate <laughs> hey, man, you. No problem, bro. Being here. Uh, like I said, so if you follow him on Instagram and all that. He is in the Visionaries Facebook group. So Visionaries by 2023 Vision is the Facebook group. Join that. You can post your work, ask questions, comment on other people's work, all of that good stuff. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast. That's going to do it, y'all. Peace out. You've just listened to the Director's Guide Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And we'll catch you next time.